Hi, hello. Uh, you remember that one time? Uh, you we didn't go to band camp together. Oh, fuck. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, which time are you talking about? That one time that I had to go get my get my titties felt up. Yeah, I do, actually. That was probably <sighs> one of the one mo- of the singular <sighs> scariest but also funniest in hindsight's. Uh, Cuz you were there. Experiences. Yeah. <laughs> I okay so I know I know everyone just heard titties felt up and you're like it's not what you think it wasn't in a, no. and it was no um I have a I forget what they called it I think it's like a cyst yeah I or, think I think that's what they called I think it that's it was what just they a, call a fleshy cyst a, fle- a fleshy cyst in, in one of my boobsicles um I call him Jeremy because he's fucking annoying and won't go away mm-hmm. um so one one day many moons ago I was bumming out in my house and as one does you get an itch and it could be anywhere on your body mine just happened to be on the side of my boob so i itched my boob and went that's not supposed to be there oh no so i called my mom i was like what dude of course she has them she's had a couple so i figured Mm. that's what it was but she was like you need to get your ass like checked out now and i was like yes man i don't know what to do and i remember calling you zoe and i was like yeah what do i do where do i go i don't Thank God for Obamacare, because that's the only reason why that didn't cost me a fucking fortune to do. But anyways. Yes. Because uh, I was po- quite poor. Um, right. So I remember you were like, oh, yeah, this like clinic here. They're like super yeah. nice. And you like, you know them from Subway. Yeah. And I was like, OK, cool. Yeah, they're really good humans. They're yeah. Re- yeah, they're super nice. So I called up there. I was like, hey, I don't know what this is called. But like, do you do like breast checks? And they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we can like, like send you over to the woman's health center i was like dope sign me up i'm coming in tomorrow perfect yeah so i called Zoe. i was like i can't i can't i need you this was pre <laughs> this was like pre pre-covid this was like yeah this was a year or two before covid yeah 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 because i was getting my master's yeah, something like that yeah yes so uh i i uh called zoe i was like oh with me i'm gonna get my titties felt up and i'm so <laughs> i'm so scared so I go in, and of course, it's really awkward, and maybe it's like a southern thing, yes. when you go in, and they're like, what are you here for? And you're like, you're in the middle of the office with people sitting around, uh-huh. and like, they're nope. asking you what you're there for, and you don't want to yell out in the middle of this office of, hey, I need to get my titties felt up, like, I have a lump, like, yeah. what, so... What, what do I, huh? Right, and I think that's so awkward and inappropriate, um... Yeah, it's definitely awkward. It's, Very much so. Why the fuck? Why did anybody th- think that that was okay? But anyways, uh, always write it down on a note card if you don't want to say it out loud. So I've learned that real yes. quick. Um, so I just was like, I have a lump. And I gestured towards the, the ladies. And she was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Got you. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to fill out the paperwork. And then we go back in the back room. And then, you know, Zoe came with me. She was in the mm-hmm. room. I was just like, Zoe, yeah. you have to look away. I need you here. But you have yeah, to look away. Yeah, I was away. like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so so this the, the triage nurse comes in and does like, why are you here? What are your symptoms? Do you do drugs? Da, 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 yeah, da. All the questions. All those questions. And I think, I think she was... The one that took us back was, like, one of the girls that I was, like, really good friends with. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And she was like, oh, shit, what you doing here? Like, she was great. Good times. <laughs> they yeah. were super nice. That was fun. Yeah. So, um, I went in. So, yeah. So, she's doing the thing. And I was like, yeah, I've got this little bump here. Like, I don't know what the hell that's mm-hmm. about. So, I, I, my mom said she's going to whoop my ass unless I went and got checked out. So, here we are. So, she's like, all right, cool. So, she's like, I'll go get the, uh, the, the, the the big nurse the rn and she's like oh yeah. then we'll get you taken care of oh, there you go so cool 
in walks the RN. Yep. Yep. Who, who was quite a gorgeous woman. And I was like, oh yeah. my fucking God, can this go? Oh my God, can this get any worse? And it did. Let me fucking tell yep. you, it got worse. <laughs> So I'm sitting there like, don't, don't, don't. So I immediately, I'm like, she's married. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. don't be the asshole. So don't be a fucking weirdo. So she's like, have you had a, you know, I was like, no, never. No. And then she proceeds to not tell me anything that she's about to fucking do. And I was like, that's great. That's awesome. So that's cool. That's great. So she, I I had to like put on it, like go topless, put on the gown thing. Yeah, but you put the gown on backwards for those of you that aren't women. Uh, you have to put it where the opening's in the front instead of the back. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, yeah, yeah opening in the front. And I was like, eh. So, <laughs> she me, so she's like, I'm going to warn you. My hands are cold. And I was like, that's okay. I'm like, a, I'm a warm person. <laughs> and fun fact, you they don't wear gloves nope. when they do this because they have to be able to feel the texture of your skin if it's funky. So, <laughs> so she's like, my hands are cold. So I'm trying to like be not weird, and so I'm just like, uh, I guess I'm a warm person. I don't think that's gonna be that big of a deal. This bitch puts on <laughs> fucking hand sanitizer, and I'm like, no, wait a minute, no, wait no. a minute. So, oh no! <laughs> so she has me lay back, and she's like, so that's when she asked me. She's like, have you ever had one of these before? And it's like the technical term of filling up titties for medical, you know, whatever. So I was like, nope. Yeah. And then she just proceeds to rub up on me mm-hmm. and her i was like what what the fuck did i was like holy shit your hands are so fucking cold and you jumped too I it did. wasn't just like it was oh god cold. i was like oh jeez, <laughs> you're cold hands lady and i just she was cracking up and i was like i think you need to see a doctor about your cold hands because they're <laughs> fucking freezing so She's laughing, and I'm just, I'm trying to make jokes about her cold hands, and I'm like, are you a vampire? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, she's cracking up, and again, I have no idea what she's about to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's feeling up, so she has me pointed out, and she feels it. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I feel that. I was like, okay, great. So, they have to feel up everything and check for other yep. places, and what they don't tell you, or what she didn't tell me, is that yep. you're breast tissue goes up into your armpit yep so i am a ticklish bitch so she (laughs) starts rubbing her hands up in my armpits and i start laughing i start jerking on the table she's like i'm sorry and i was like you could give me a heads up let me know you're about to go into the pits are you trying to tickle me like i was like buy me dinner first i don't know i didn't actually say that to her but that's what i was thinking i was like oh my god and then what they really don't tell you is that they squeeze your nipples and yep. she didn't tell me that and she just nope. did it and i was like whoa what the fuck <laughs> and I, I didn't think to tell you that <laughs> i hated it i hated it so much and this i just the the fucking texture on the ceiling looked Ooh. immaculate let me just tell you uh-huh. that um yep i and so then then the whole other side and then she was tickling mm-hmm. my other side and i felt like such a fucking weirdo <sighs> Yep. So anyways, yep. I was just like, are we done, please? And she's like, oh, yeah, we're done. And she was super nice and super pretty. And I was like, I, I need this to end before I die, please. Like, I am. And it's, I know. I know. I, I know you. I couldn't see you, but I knew. I could feel your energy. You were just laughing and enjoying every was. fucking second. I was trying so hard to keep it together. I was like, don't laugh when she's having this happen to her. It it's, was traumatic. You can laugh afterward. <laughs> 
absolutely I traumatic. I laughed at the, every single retelling of that story. Every time, it still, it makes me laugh. Yes. So, so everything ended up being okay. So I can laugh. <sighs> I'm so glad that you found joy in the torturous of this very beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, uh, my mom didn't, didn't tell me what happens uh, either when I went for my first, like, actual, like, lady doctor appointment right so i had no idea what was gonna happen and i had to suffer through that just like you did so (laughs) (laughs) well you shouldn't have fucking let me suffer break break the cycle of abuse break the cycle of the (laughs) glass oops (laughs) so yeah anyways it's not cancer it's a cyst um yeah so that's cool that's good but fun fact though for those of you who haven't had it done yet uh, or you know if men are curious i don't know the machines now they don't have to clamp your uh mm-hmm. lady bits into oblivion they have very nice machines now yeah. that like rotate and can actually appropriate oh, yeah and appropriately x-ray mm-hmm. without um having to just having to squish it between plates right i mean it still squishes between plates but it doesn't have to be that much anymore because it can rotate mm-hmm. and like grab you pr- appropriately to your like boob right yeah so well, that's good that was that was yeah, cool that's nice yeah that was cool um and then apparently i have like br- dense breast tissue as well and then like i had to get an ultrasound mm. done and then a male doctor walked in and i was like uh <laughs> thanks for that face yeah, it was weird i was just just full tittied out and with this cold ass uh, uh ultrasound cream on me and he's just talking to me and i'm like i know you've seen a hundred but I, yeah. no one's still people, awkward yeah people don't see mine every day that's that's how that goes so yep yeah um so enjoy that that's for you that's for you all yeah very 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 uncomfortable, but very funny. And for dudes who never, never have to get that done, obviously you you have other things to look forward to. So don't laugh too hard. I was I was just thinking I was like, <laughs> I have to have the old finger. Eh, poor guys. Oh, it's all right. It's fine. But you want to know what isn't yeah. poor? Y- yes. Yeah. Scary stories. Yeah. No, those are ten out of ten. Very rich. Very vibrant. What do I do? Oh, oh, flip coin. Uh, this is the part of the show where we would shout out to Patreon members, new ones if we had any. Nope, that's but we wrong. don't. Shit! Wow, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <sighs> You're fired. Heads or tails? Well, this is why I'm not in charge of this part. Um, <laughs> heads, heads, because there's a lot of heads in my story. What? That panicked eyebrows is all I ever wanted. Proceed. <laughs> Tails, I go first. Shit. Okay. Sorry. I I know I know absolutely nothing about Skinwalker Ranch, so this is gonna be great. I'm so excited. So do you want to have another? Do you want to have another chance of what we're supposed to say at opening roll? Or you just no? Okay. All right. This is the part. Or no, if you want to keep supporting what we do. Damn, you got me messed up. Hi, this isn't Haunt Her. I barely know her. This is Haunt Her in this massive shit show. Um, yeah. If you want to just keep supporting us and, like I said, this shit show, head on over to uh, the po- uh, shit Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash Haunt Her. I barely know her. I'm done fucking talking. There's two tiers. Check them out. I don't know. Yeah. They're pretty I- legit. You can see all the fucked up pictures in my notes if you join now. Oh, yeah. Zoe. What? You You can see all the fucked up pictures in my notes if you join. 
oh the yeah you, higher tier you yeah, can you, see all the notes yeah zoe puts fucked up pictures in her notes i do i think it's, it's just, i think it's just to keep me out of your notes because that's it really does yeah yeah the, yeah. yeah yes okay all right i'm going first okay so i yes tell me katie groves um I'm still trying to decide on the title of what I'm going to call this because there's like multiple towns. Uh, there's the cryptid name. I think I'm just going to go by the cryptid name to call this episode. Uh, okay. Nanti Nuck. Ooh. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so this topic. So as I did research, the 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 topic was originally given to me as a request. Um, they asked for the ghost town of Port Lock, Alaska. Um, it, the request came from an individual by the name of Ligma. I'm not. I'm not quite sure um, what like what Ligma's what that's about. Okay. But like, um, well, hey, thank you for the um, recommendation, Ligma. Ligma, I appreciate it. Thanks, Ligma. That's super yeah. cool, Ligma. Um, <clears throat> I think Ligma has they them pronouns, so I'm gonna refer to <laughs> that. So, just I mean, like they weren't identified, so that's what I'm gonna go with. Do you actually get the joke? Because sometimes I can't tell you if you're being serious or not. Nope. You don't get the Ligma joke? Nope. You're supposed to go, what's Ligma? And you go, Ligma balls. I don't <laughs> walk into obvious traps. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I don't walk into obvious traps. Like, my brain didn't even process what could have happened there. And it went, don't fucking do it. Wait, you've never heard that joke? I, no. That's why I screenshotted it to you and sent it to you. Said, "Who the fuck is this little punk bitch sending us from Ligma?" Nope. Never heard that joke. Wow, I was joking. Yep. I didn't know. I couldn't. T- okay, you weren't actually joking. I was just being facetious. Nope. That's okay. Here we are. I still don't walk into obvious traps. There's, there's another joke. It goes, um, <laughs> you know, I'm upset. Do you know Kentucky is the only state that starts with a letter K? Kansas. Can. Kansas nuts dragger. Okay, I'm not gonna finish that joke. I can't. So that's another. That's another one. You stress me out. Yeah, that's what. I, that's what I get for being in public school and staying on TikTok. Okay. Uh. Well. Yeah. Actually, both things. Both of those are a thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I don't know who requested this. Um. It was a joke, but I covered it because it was requested. So here we are. Um, dope. 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 Tell me. So the history and the hauntings, quote unquote hauntings, the murders, whatever, uh, go hand in hand. It is the history of the town that once was. Okay. It doesn't exist anymore. So it's just going to be like one foul swoop. And it, it's it's kind of, it's short and sweet. There's not much to it because um, people don't live there okay. anymore. I mean, that'll do it. Yeah. Okay. So this area that I'm discussing, um, even though they, like I said, they suggest suggested port lock but it also affected kind of like the southern part of this peninsula called kenai peninsula which is close to homer alaska if you know okay any geography about alaska i don't know um so these sightings as i will call them um occur on like the southern end of the peninsula um port lock another town called port chatham mm-hmm. yeah they're they're close together um the town they're two separate towns but the same shit was they were close enough that the same stuff was happening in the same towns and if you google okay. one or the other you just get the same stories for both towns as if they're one but they're two separate towns so that makes sense kind of like that's the, interesting like yeah the, yeah like the history has just blended the two towns together and like it's the same thing because they both did the same thing in the end um yeah gotcha yeah also port graham was in there so it's just this little area that was affected in Alaska. So the peninsula was originally founded. Um, I say founded. There were indigenous people, natives that were living there. So 
Here Certainly. we are. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russia. Uh, yeah. They, they were the ones who came in first, and they started like a fur trading post there. Um, also had kind of like Russian natives that were also living there, so that it was kind of okay. like a blend of. I didn't go too too deep into that, so that's just kind of what I got. Fair enough. Yeah. So the area mostly consisted of fishermen, lumbermen, and miners, obviously in those early days, and that's what was jiving there at the time. Uh, but the town of Portlock was actually founded by a one Nathaniel Portlock, who was a captain for the Royal British Navy, who missed landed in 1787. Uh, apparently, Ooh. he was a big deal. Um, oh, apparently. Yeah, apparently he was a big deal. It was like a voyage that this guy took, and it was like funded by, I think, William and Mary king william okay. in, during during the and queen the, Mary, the yeah. colonization of america um uh, it's called a voyage around the world but more particularly in the northwest coast of america and that's a book that you can read if you want to spend 50 dollars but ah. but but apparently he didn't land in portlock he landed some distance away according to the book but they named the town after him anyways so here well we i mean that's like um plymouth rock and <laughs> when they named they named it after somebody. I don't know. That just pulled a memory out of my brain. They landed like farther away than they meant to, and here we are. Here we are. So yeah, but makes the, sense. The lore says otherwise. Um. So so the reason why this place was kind of like colonized, uh, is during a previous voyage, the Royal Navy had traded furs with the peoples on that peninsula, mm -hmm. and to to no one's surprise, they traded the furs very fortunately in a port in china so they were just like mm, you know what you know that's a that's a thing we can we could give just, me all your money pretty much that's just you're just running you're just running money pretty much at that point yeah. so uh, they saw a trade interest and that's when the royal navy saw an interest in this area and they dropped their anchor there mm -hmm. and started establishing that land to start that trade at the start of the 18th century because the peninsula is in like a port so like there's very rough waters out yeah in the pacific there uh, there's probably Ooh, choppy yeah there's probably a more specific name of that region of water but like mm. if you go inland towards the peninsula the waters are a lot more calm yeah so that's why um there was an abundance of fish in that area and it makes sense yeah. in the in the chatham chatham bay uh this brought in an american fishing company right so when, okay, you, when yeah. you're catching all these fish out in bumfuck Alaska, and there's no refrigerators in the 18th, yeah. 19th century, excuse me, in the 19th century, um, right, you, what, you got to move these fish somehow. So they ended up opening a massive cannery to can the salmon that they were catching out of the Bay Lagoon area. Oh. So they called it fancy. the Portlock Cannery, and they canned salmon. Ah, Portlock canned salmon. There, there you go. So, um, also to note, there was like also a, which I thought was just cool. There was a chromite mine in the area. Is that a rock? That's. <laughs> yes, it's a fucking rock. You mine rocks. What? Got, what the? All right, it's called. It was either called Queen Chrome or the Red Mountain Mine because chromite is red. Okay, so gotcha. there's that. Um, 
That was located not too far north of Portlock, and it was also affected by what was going on because the mining camp also saw some shit, and they also moved around and left and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The town was officially established, like Portlock the town was officially established in 1921 when a United States post office came in, and it started the census for the area. Fancy. Fancy. It didn't – yeah, they – yeah, I, I keep forgetting, like, post offices have to be a thing with towns. That has to happen. Yeah. Um, so haunted stories kind of began to start around the time that the cannery was founded. So um, starting in... Oh, that's a hot minute ago. Uh, so actually, no, I take it back. Around the 1900s. So, like, the cannery was founded mm. in kind of, like, I don't know when. I couldn't get a good estimate, but, like, sometime in the 1800s. So... Mm. Starting at the turn of the 1900s, 1900s, that was only 21 years ago, um, (laughs) they um, started to have some shit go on. So in 1905 is when the workers started to report something was bothering them, just just bothering them, but whoever or whatever it was um, upset them so greatly, they all left. Oh. They said, because like salmon fishing's seasonal, right? Yeah. Once the season was over, they all fucked off. I don't know where they went, but they were like, we're not sticking around for no work and dealing whatever this shit was. So, like, as you can imagine, I would, I would, I would guesstimate, uh, uh, theorize, uh, approximate, uh, approx something uh, that the majority of these people were men. And to more than likely, right? And to upset a group of men that badly for them to just leave. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little much. That's a little much, and that's 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 the that's the overall theme of this. So, uh, they did come back next season, uh, but it it never stopped. Like it just the crap that they were experiencing kept going on throughout the years. Yeah, throughout the years, hunters and miners would go up into the woods to do shit like hunting and mining. Weird, weird. It's in the name. I put that on my notes so you would say something like that. So thanks. <laughs> yep. Uh, an elder of the town by the name of Simon, insert Russian last name, said that he oh. saw a gold miner. It's like Skidnoff is the last name. It ends with off, so it's an insert Russian last name. I'm not attempting. Okay. I'm not attempting. There's, it's a K followed by a V. I'm not. I'm not trying that. So he saw a gold miner head off into the woods. Mm-hmm. Never came back. Never. Oh, I guess he didn't find any gold then. I I guess not. I don't know. So Ugh. unless he found gold and said, "Fuck this shit, I'm out," yeah. and left. See I don't, you later. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, an Anchorage newspaper later in the 1970s interviewed a retired teacher that that uh, fled the area um, during Portlock in World War II. So she was in Homer, I think, is mm. where they found her, and she was an Alaska native. And I think I found that interview, and I did link it in my notes. It's, it's the WordPress link. Uh, she said that the cannery workers uh, would go up into the mountains. Like, she witnessed this. Mm-hmm. They would go up into the mountains to hunt doll sheep. I put ship. Oh. I put ship. Doll ships. Sh- doll, doll sheep. And they would not come back, nor were their bodies ever found. Because they would send search That's parties. Gross. Yeah, they'd send search parties up to look for these hunters and miners, and they never found a body. Nothing. Okay. Not not a. So nothing. what's eating them? Well, we'll get there. We got we got some more stories. We got a we got a build up mm-hmm, to this, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got a yep. somatic. We have the you know the climax and the resolution, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember your English. Uh, so a lot of these men were were not coming back in an alarming rate, which tends yeah. to be the overall theme for Alaska. Oh, that's gross. Yep. Uh, and 
the 1920s, a man named Albert Petka scared off the creatures with his dogs, uh, but as karma would have it, the creature landed a blow to the man's chest. Ah. Uh, right? What? Ah. Right? Uh, a, a creature landed a blow to the man's chest. Uh, uh, he was able to get help to tell some people. However, he soon fell victim to his fatal blow. Anyway. So, so are we talking like creature, like black bear creature? We're getting there. Okay. Uh, uh, later okay. in 1931, a man by the name of Andrew Camluck, who was chopping wood, was found dead in the woods. Uh, Jeez. Killed by a blow to the back of the head. It was noted, though, that, you know, well, obviously someone just killed him in the woods. Eh. Uh, the single blow to his skull was abnormally harder than a human was probably per- capable of producing. So I can imagine, like, his head was blown open. Right. And it's guesstimated that a piece of logging equipment nearby that was covered in his blood was used to kill him, though that logging equipment was so heavy, not really one person could pick it up that well. Oh, cool. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. Yep, All right. Yep, 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 yep. A group of hunting, no, a group hunting some moose or meese, if you will, up in the mountains. Meeses. <laughs> But notice that they were not the only ones pursuing these animals. I think they were particularly hunting one moose, and then they came across uh, some bloody footprints in the snow. And then they came up to a part in the woods where it looked like there was a scuffle, like, you know, tree, uh-huh. trees and brush was, like, laying flat, and, yeah. and the snow was all up. Um, there was blood everywhere, and not a moose in sight. The only thing that they oh, no. found... Were 18 inch long footprints in the snow that tracked up the mountain. That's some big ass feet. That's fucking massive. That's, that's some big ass feet. That's almost two feet. That's almost two feet. That's a lot of feet. I mean, he had two feet, but they were almost two feet. Yeah, so he <gasps> almost had four feet. <gasps> Shut <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, One evening. Yeah. A resident, Tom Larson, was walking the beach near the fishing wheels, which I don't know what fishing wheels are, but that's fishing pretty, wheels. That's I don't know. It sounds cool. Pretty neat. Uh, when he saw a huge, hairy man destroying <gasps> these equipments. Wow, that's rude. Yeah. So the man ran off to go grab his gun. When he came back, the hairy man had stopped, was staring him down. And then Fuck sim- no. Yeah, right? But then simply turned and walked off. Uh, it was asked why Larson didn't shoot. And he was just like, I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. Scared. That's why. Yeah, I'd be shit myself. I probably wouldn't have came back. I would have just been like, nope. I would have been like, well, insurance is a thing. See you later. <laughs> insurance was not a thing in the 1920s. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. In the 1920s, insurance was a thing. Mm. Although up there, probably not. Yeah, I was going to say, at least in Alaska. Uh, no, um no. So, remember all those people who went missing up in the forest and the mountains? Yeah. Okay. All the miners and hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bodies would be swept down the mountain by rains. Okay. Real bad rains. And they would get thrown into the river and would float down the river into the bay where the fishing in the cannery was. Oh, that's gross. So, when these bodies were fished out of the water, they had, their limbs were mangled they were ripped open they were just completely dismembered in a way that did not 
resemble how a bear would attack a human. Okay, yeah. So, and I mean, even even yeah, no, I don't. Mm. Okay, it was they were like mutilated, Gross. like it didn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. <sighs> Finally, Ugh. uh, in. 1949 but but we'll be back up first in 1936 the town of chatham left the area the entire town oh picked up in 1936 and left then Damn. yeah then in 1949 the entire the entire town of portlock also picked up shop and fucking left um both those two towns went north of the northern to in the peninsula mm. to a town called i think it's pronounced non wallach okay it's another it's another alaskan uh native cool pronunciation of my name um so those two towns and everybody in it uprooted and left except for the postmaster in portlock can't abandon his post, man. Oh, my God. <sighs> um, after a year of living alone, the postmaster did close the post office, and he also left the area as well. Well, I mean, that's fair. After a whole year, I'd be like, yeah, this isn't a town anymore. I think I'm done. Yeah, and I think there's also, like, quotas of, like, you can't just also up and abandon. Like, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that sucks that he had that probably actually stayed after for some point. So, it, and it wasn't like, you know thousands of people it was probably just a couple hundred of people right that just were just like nah fuck this so uh that's how bad these instances occurrences everything happening in that area was that it called caused hundreds of people to just say we're done well and move. i mean that's fair though because like how how are you going to feed yourself you're going to hunt and you're going to fish and like you can't exactly go hunting if you're afraid you're going to get murderated. Right, and you can't go fishing so. when there's nasty ass bodies floating down the river. Right. So that kind of like destroys your whole way of living. Yeah. So. So, um so by so by 1950 that whole area just became abandoned and was all the all the shacks and whatnot are just they're still there vibing, yeah. but no one is there. A, yeah, a goat hunter in 1968 uh, was hunting in the area that he, when he came back, reported that he was chased by a creature, like, out of the area. So, I guess he wandered a little too far south. Gross. Yeah. Uh, that's nasty. Okay. Uh, later in the 70s, a group of fishermen had to set up shop at Portlock because a storm had rolled in. So, they had to get out of the uh, wavy, choppy waters and go into the right. bay. So they decided to make landfall and set up camp where they had to wait out the storm for three days. That's a damn crazy storm. Yes. Uh, they described that something was walking around on two legs through their oh. camp. Yeah, through their camp, around their tents every night. Okay, so it's it's quite literally, it's a almost two foot long footprinted bipedal what? creature. <gasps> I said that funny, but you yeah, did. that's gross. I, I, I got you. You're running off two hours of sleep. You're great. That's, um, yeah. Yeah. So they, every night, something was fucking walking around their tents. And as soon as they could, they couldn't leave because the storm was still too bad. But yeah. as soon as they could, they packed up and got out of there as fast as they could. Fuck that, man. No. Yep. Um, finally, in 1990, a paramedic in Anchorage responded to a 70-year-old native of the area who had a heart attack. So, obviously, everyone's up and moved. So, there's natives mm -hmm. and people who were born there, scattered about whatever. Right. So, as this paramedic was treating him, he was, I guess, talking to the guy 
after, I guess, having a heart attack. I have no idea. He told the old man that he was hunting around in the Portlock area, to which the old man apparently grabbed him by the shirt and asked him if he saw it and if it bothered him. Oh, okay, cool. What's it, buddy? What's it, bro? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Weirdly enough, I saw this in a couple instances. Uh, Another oddball report says of a spirit of a woman also haunts this area. Oh. Yeah. Uh, She's dressed in all black clothing and like like a dress that like apparently just drapes behind her. like so long it drags. And she makes her appearance in the cliffs above the town. Oh. She's depicted with a very white face and would just Mm. scream and moan. Oh, she's a banshee. That's cool. That's a banshee. I'm down for that. That's a banshee. Uh, villagers would, like, I guess, see her, and yeah. then she would just kind of, like, back up into the woods, and no. that was it. Pay attention to me, motherfucker. I guess. That's I don't, it. like, That's apparently she was also channeling a bobcat. I have no idea. So. Yeah, same thing. So the cryptid <sighs> in this area. Yeah, what is it? Is known as, as I said at the beginning, Nanti Nuck. Uh-huh. Which, it's spelled ridiculously. Um, you have to, I would never have guessed that's how it was pronounced. Um, that is the name given by the native Alaskans. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically Bigfoot. To Yeah, I was about to say, is that a type of Bigfoot? Yeah, it's a type of Bigfoot native to the area of this peninsula that tormented these people for over 50 years. Uh, the story goes that it was once a man, but through some phenomenon events... It is now half man, half beast. That's the lore that the natives... Interesting. Yeah, gave. Um, though it is believed sometimes that the lady in the dark is also what controls the beast. And I... I oh! I, 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 can, I can make that a ha- headcanon. Like, I can... Spicy. I can... Do, I can do. <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was what? making a joke. No, 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 no. Just spicy. Don't give me that look. Okay, um, so so to so to this day, that like I said, the town is a is abandoned, but northern the northern part of the peninsula um, has people. Weirdly enough, mm. in the middle of nowhere, um, there are some that still travel. It's apparently like a hot topic up there. Obviously, so a lot of people in that area still like to go there and try and like investigate and see if they can have their own experience there, right? Um, of course, yeah. There's there's a lot more books and movies out about this area than I, than yeah. I uh, would have thought. Interesting. So okay. you can pick up a book about it, or apparently there's some stuff on like YouTube and Amazon about the about the area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. So that you want to go? No, fuck no. <laughs> I am not. No. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm just asking. We can we can like cruise by okay but i'm not stepped That's... foot out on the land where i could be okay. potentially murdered. no eh, eh, okay that's no fine. you can go all right you're sick you're sick anyways so that's that's the end of that it was short and sweet um so ligma that was hope... good though yeah it was pretty good it was all right uh so that's there you go that was requested here we are i liked it <sighs> thanks okay. yeah thanks, you're... thanks ligma you're <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is the part. This this now, Zoe, is, yes. part of, is part of the podcast where we give shout out to our Patreon members. However, we do not have yeah. pa- <laughs> <laughs> do not have any Patreon members this week, and that is quite okay. Um, 
You can definitely, if you want to support us, you can definitely check us out on there. You get a cool little shout out in our mid roll. And if you want to help us out in any other way that you want to or can or have the time to, definitely be sure to leave a review on uh, iTunes and rate, rate and review on iTunes. And then be sure to smash yeah. that follow button on Spotify and anywhere else you're listening to us. Please be sure to do the thing. Yeah. Please and thank you. Because if you like what we do, <laughs> rate and review. I'm just going to stare at you. Please thank you. I'm just going to stare at I you. I know. Until you actually say that part. I was going to see if I could get away with not doing it. but No. It makes me happy. <laughs> it's what I live for in these podcasts. Not the actual scary story parts, because fuck that. Oh, that's silly. That's silly. What? That's silly. You're silly. You heard me. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Mm. You're not going to think I'm silly in about 10 minutes. Yeah. So, disclaimer... When I said I don't know anything about the Skinwalkers, I seriously don't. Other than okay. there's they're they're like a cryptid. That's all I know. Even even if that yeah. doesn't fall into the category, um, right, 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 right. I know that there's a ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. is all I know. Okay, I know so... nothing. <laughs> this is gonna be rough for you. I'm so sorry. Okay, uh. so this is gonna be rough for everybody, and we all just need to hold hands and get through it. It's gonna suck, but it's gonna be really fucking cool. So my topic this week, as Katie's mentioned, is the Skinwalker Ranch. So disclaimer: there's some pretty fucked up shit that happens here, like bigly fucked up. I'll give like individual. Uh, when when shit's about to get bad, I'll give like, hey, you know, skip whatever, right? Trigger is it, warnings. Is it is it like like voluntold nap time for Blake kind of gross stuff? Yes. Oh, okay. So we gotta yeah. give we yeah. gotta give nappy time warnings to, yes. to Blake yeah. or anything else. Who's, yep. Anybody else who's like yeah. really anybody else who's like sensitive to really gory shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna go super in detail because I don't want to make people take involuntary naps. But <laughs> so. <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch. This is probably my favorite place to talk about, and it's like got everything. And you'll understand what I mean when we get there. So, Skinwalker Ranch itself is 512 acres located southeast of Ballard, Utah. It's surrounded on three sides by dense mountains and cliffs and like ridges and stuff, right? Okay. So, there's only one side that you can go into. Okay. Its name, Skinwalker, comes from the uh, Navajo lore. Um, a skinwalker is someone who can transform into animals to fit their needs. So if they need to fly, they become a bird. If they need to swim, they become a fish. And in some versions of the skinwalker lore, they actually become a wolf before they return to human form. Skinwalker, as cool as it sounds, is not a good thing. They're said to have like inhuman bursts of speed, whether they're in animal form or human form. Uh, so they can just... They're nearly impossible to catch, and you can only kill one if they are mortally wounded in the neck. It's the only way. That's it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so headshots don't do shit. So they're that's so important. They're, so they're fast. Is what you're saying? Yes. Like sonic fast. Yes, they're fast. very fast. They're yeah, very hard to catch. Very hard to kill. They are lurkers, so they don't like they like to stand outside of windows and like stare in at people, right? Okay. Um. They will stand alone on highways trying to get people to approach them. They can read minds so they can discover what scares the person, like what animal freaks you the fuck out, so they can turn into that animal. And they use that to manipulate and control you. Yeah. So that's fun, right? I've, that's I've a good just, start. It's hey, always I'm good. just, what? Yeah, that's always good, right? The the, the fact that, like, like, this is, like, out of context, this is like, no, but, like, in context mm -hmm. of, like, yeah. 
some of the crazy shit I've heard and knowing that there mm-hmm. is so much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well documented. And okay. this is just the the Navajo lore that I found on the internet. Great. Obviously, I, I wasn't able to talk to somebody from that tribe, so I wasn't able to, like, get actual information. Even then, I don't know if they would share with me, which is totally fair. So, this is what the internet told me. I did, now that we're already here, find some information stating that you shouldn't speak about them because it can cause bad luck. Bro. And it can call them to you. Bro. You're welcome. Bro. I had to stop doing notes at 2 a.m. because I was starting to get freaked out. That doesn't happen to me when I do notes. No. So, just for fun. Bro, I'm too, <laughs> you, if, if, if either one of us is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna get yeah. the skinwalker, it's gonna yeah. be you, not me. I'm too, mm-hmm. in a, I'm too in a city. I know. Yeah, I know. Like, I was sitting next to my downstairs window when I was working on these notes and I was like (laughs) I was four pages in and like I looked over and there's a street light outside my house right so I looked like and I could just see a sliver of the window and I was like I'm not fucking risking it and I pulled that shade closed so I'm so sorry I don't get scared often but here we are oh my god okay I was a little unsettled like skin on the back of my neck prickly like that kind of thing while I was doing this so here we are so Skinwalker Ranch is also called the Sherman Ranch. It's seen countless paranormal incidents, UFO-related activities, abnormally large wolf-like creatures, cattle mutilations, and even interdimensional portals. The fuck? What? Yeah, we're going to cover all that today. (laughs) Bro, this is a cryptid. What is happening? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so the legend of the skinwalker in this basin uh, reportedly started in the 1800s with the European colonists when they began to move further west and push the native peoples who resided there for more than a thousand years out. During, so like, there were reports of skinwalkers at that point. Then during the Civil War, it's believed that there was actually a curse laid on the land, and in that process, a skinwalker was created. Since then, the skinwalker has multiplied in the basin um, and lives like in the heart of it in a place called Shadow Canyon, and local tribes to that area to this day avoid that area at all costs. If the locals Just won't, won't go there, go near yeah. it, you don't Just go near it. Absolutely the fuck not, will not go. Because they don't want to piss the skinwalker off, right? Mm. Skinwalkers, mm-hmm. plural. Plural? Yeah. So some people believe that there is more to this basin than the legend suggests. They think that the land is a place where, quote, the past meets the future in an interdimensional doorway to another realm. Others believe that there is some sim- something similar to the Bermuda Triangle because people will just up and disappear on the property. Whoa. Yeah. How big is so the property? That's cool. Uh, the five five hundred and twelve acres. Okay, so that's that's actually yeah. a lot of land. Yes, that's, that's a not, big big spot. Yeah, it's not like the woods over in Europe that we talked about. Where it was like no, no, it's that acres. that was very tiny. Yeah. This is actually a really big spot in okay. the middle of Utah farmlands, which is also bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes, cool. So in this area, more than half of the population, like we're going to talk about the area that this ranch is located in before we talk about the ranch itself. So in this area, more than half of the population has a UFO experience. More than half. That's one too many. That is one too many. That's far too many. Not half of the population should Mm -hmm. not have a UFO. Yeah, right? Okay, wait, wait, wait. 
Yeah. This is a cryptid. This is a cryptid. Kind of sort of. It started. It started with a cryptid, and now it's like evolved into just this land as a whole. Yeah. Great. Fabulous. Keep going. Yeah. I'm loving awesome. this. Awesome. Right. So, so many people in this area have experienced UFO reports and have called the sheriff's department to report them. The sheriff's department doesn't even write anything down anymore. It's just, oh, you had an experience, sucks to suck, and then that's it. So there's a local filmmaker. Yeah, there's a local filmmaker that lives there named Trent Harris, who told a newspaper, quote, you can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted. Southern Utah. What the fuck is going on? Uh Uh-huh. So as a result of all of this bullshit, which I haven't even told you all of the bullshit yet, um, this area is one of the most well-researched paranormal hotspots in the world. So... And That's in, the, f- in the I've, world. In the world, yes. Did, so did, I, I feel like I've peaked here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is it. This is the, this is the ceiling. This is the peak of everything. <laughs> Great. I'm so glad we're all here for it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the most well-researched. Yes. Did the U.S. government get in on this bitch? Like, did they? You're going to have to wait until we get there. Okay? <sighs> the answer is Just yes. wait. And I hate Slow it your horses. <laughs> yeah. Just hold your horses. Just hang out. Hold your cows in this scenario. You'll understand that in a minute. Ooh. So (laughs) there's a a retired school teacher and local UFO expert called Joe Junior Hicks. Like his nickname is Junior. He has documented over 400 UFO sightings in the area. And he says, quote, the UFO activity really started getting intense in the early 50s. There were cases where the whole school, because he was a school teacher, right? The whole school and all the teachers saw a UFO hovering over the town in broad daylight. In the 60s and 70s, we probably had more UFO sightings than any other place in the world. So that's cool, right? That's fun. The entire school. Uh-huh. Student Faculty, body, teachers, staff, everybody. students. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cool, right? S- Southern Utah is off the fucking list of places I'm going to. What? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So these sightings... Other, like, things that he recorded, those 400 sightings, uh, included fireballs that hung in the sky, aircraft that ranged in size from 20 to 30 feet across to as large as a football field. So anything from 20 feet to a fucking football field. I hate it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun, right? That's fun and exciting and interesting. So the descriptions of the UFOs varied. They weren't all the same. So some of them were described as round, some were oval, some were cigar-shaped, and some were even triangular. Others were surrounded by a green light, some emitted wavy red beams, and even more appeared to shoot colored lights from their underbellies. So not all of these descriptions matched. They were all different, which almost gives more credibility to the story, because it's not all the same. There's a lot of them that come, right? That's always fun. Why I we're we're talking about skinwalkers. Sorta. Of. We're talking about a lot of stuff. We're are talking we gonna, about this land. Are we are we gonna make a connection here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get back to it. We're just we're just covering the area and like what happens. I'm like losing my we'll, shit. Over we'll get here. back to it. I know. Okay. We'll get back to it eventually. Great. I'm so glad I got a blanket uh, before we started. <sighs> yeah, you are gonna need it. You're gonna get spooked. So by the nineteen seventies, the U- the highway patrol was getting so many reports they completely stopped filling out the incident reports, right? So now we're gonna go to nineteen seventy-seven. That's the year. So Jay Barker 
and a group of his friends and family were hiking in the mountains, hoping to catch fish at the Cooper Basin. Little lake, right? So after having absolutely garbage luck, not being able to catch a single thing, they were like, this is stupid. So Jay was like, hey, how about we just like climb up the ridge and go to Fish Lake, somewhere that he's had luck fishing before. So they, they were all like, yeah, no, no big deal. Let's go up there. So they hike up. As they get like almost to the top of the ridge, he looks down to where they just were and sees a big black and white creature. He's not really sure what it is. Uh, he thinks it's an elk, um, but the longer he looks at it, it stands upright on two legs, and he realizes it's a bipedal creature. It walks on two legs, and they see it like start taking steps as it walks around the pond, and it's swinging its arms as it walks. They watch it walk around for a full three minutes. In hindsight, he realizes what he saw was either a Bigfoot or something related to a Bigfoot. I'm like nauseous. <laughs> We're not even to the good shit yet. Ooh. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Bro, I, ju- I just hit page two. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> I told you you're gonna cry. All right. So god. now now is now is where we're gonna get into the good shit. Right here. Right here. Oh, this is the beginning. That wasn't so that no. wasn't the beginning. No. So that's you're all too just excited about this, this. area. This is so fucking great. Oh, I'm so excited. This is my, one of my favorite places of all time. All right. So the year is 1994, right? <gasps> we were just, we were a couple years old, but we were alive. I was born, bitch. Oh, okay, fine. I'm I was two, two years, years old. You were I'm, just born. Yeah, I'm two years younger than you. <laughs> so 1994, Terry and Gwen Sherman purchase 480 acres, this ranch, 480 acres of it in this basin. It was a beautiful little bit of land, like picturesque ridge on the side, like, you know, the the mountains, the ridges. It has a stream and like a fringe of trees around the property. Like, it's fucking beautiful. Okay. They have a dream that they're going to start a farm, have a working farm, uh, top quality breeding animals, uh, raising their two kids in the country. Like, it's going to be a great life. They were so excited. They're really confused as to why such a beautiful property has sat uninhabited for seven years. Oh, fuck. Sometimes when it's too good to be true, it is. Weird, right? (sighs) Okay. So as they're inspecting their new house, because they've bought it, uh, they're really excited about it. They're going to start remodeling the inside of the house. So they get there, they're working on it, and they're looking around. They see... Like, a lot of weird shit start to just add up. So they find heavy iron stakes with metal chains and collars at each end of the house. All four corners of the house. Almost like what you would chain a giant fucking animal in. Right? So that's right. a little weird. Yeah. That's a little strange. Uh, they make their way to the house. Every single door has a padlock on the outside and the inside. Every door. Outside? As if when when they leave, they padlock the fucker shut. When they get inside, they padlock the fucker shut. Every door in the house. That's a bad start, right? That's a bad start. So even though that was weird, the Shermans just shrugged it off because this is their dream home, right? This is, their, this is their dream property. So the day that they had, you know, they'd finished the renovations, they were moving into the house. Weird they shit. Went, they went through with it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, they bought the property. They remodeled everything they moved in the day they moved in terry's dad ed 
was helping them get everything in. So Ed, Terry, Terry's wife, Gwen, and then their two kids were all standing outside. Uh, Gwen and the kids were like over talking. Ed and Terry were talking. And as they're talking, a large wolf approaches the two men. And when I say large, I mean both of these dudes were over six feet tall, and this th- this thing came up to their chest. So we're talking like Twilight, f- the, the, yeah, the like Twilight a fucking wolves, four, five, five foot tall wolf. I don't think wolves get that big, but correct, they I mean, don't. They're huge, but they're not that big. They're not that big. They're not that big. So this wolf was easily over two hundred pounds, the largest wolf either of them had ever seen. Um, The wolf was not hostile in any way. It walked up to them like they were old friends. Um, It, like, rubbed up on them like it wanted to be petted, like, wanted to be their friend, wanted to be like a house pet, is how this thing acted. No, 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 no. Abort, 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 abort. Right. So both men are kind of like, ah, this is a little fucking weird. I don't know what's happening. But they warm up to it, right? They're like, ah, no, this is okay. Um as it was like brushing up to them, they smelled this like really musty wet dog smell, right? Okay. Big wet wet wolf. Right. The entire family ended up warming up to the wolf. Like the kids loved the fucking thing. They wanted to keep it. They were like, "Mom, Dad, can we keep this wolf? Like he's so cool. Like he's so nice. Like can can he be our pet?" <sighs> the dad in his mind was like, "That's not a good idea. This is a wolf." We have cattle that I have paid an obscene amount of money for because they are top quality. Like, he had just unloaded a pen full of calves. He was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. The wolf, almost sensing his hesitation, turned around, bounded over to the cattle pen, grabs a calf by the head, and starts trying to pull it through the the bars. Like, just, all right, that's fine. We gonna eat this. So Ed and Terry, the dad and his son, right, um, or the owner of the property and his dad, I guess, uh, try to save the calf. So they run over, they start kicking the shit out of this wolf, like trying to beat it with a stick. The wolf will not let this calf go. Will not. So Terry turns to his son and yells, go get my magnum. So as soon as the kid comes back with his gun, gives like the pistol gives it to his dad. Terry shoots this thing in the head twice with a three fifty seven. Point blank range, right? Holy shit. Two times, just bam, bam, just ready to go, right? The wolf did not react at all. Nothing. So he's starting to freak the fuck out because how does... Number one, this thing is way too big. It it not it should not exist. It's taken two bullets to the face to the fine. <laughs> to the fucking face. <laughs> to and the he's chrome. Fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, still trying to pull this calf out. So he ends up shooting the wolf a third time. Which, like, more toward the chest area, which seems to get its attention. So it lets the calf go, backs up a couple of steps, and just looks at them. Just stares at them. Which is not normal wolf behavior, because it didn't get its what it wanted. It should have run the fuck off, right? Right. Terry shoots the wolf a fourth time with his magnum. In the chest, the wolf still doesn't appear phased. Just continues to stare at them. Bro! Not knowing what else to do, Terry's dad, Ed, runs over to the truck and grabs his shotgun and shoots it a fifth time. So this time, it did something. So there's a flurry of fur and flesh that flies into the air as this shot hits its mark. Right, right. It's chunks coming off. Instead of falling to the ground dead, however, the animal 
takes another step back and continues to stare at them with its icy blue eyes. So Ed, freaking the fuck out, shoots it again, more towards like the chest neck area, right? More flesh and fur flying. It stares at them a moment longer as it didn't do anything to this thing. And it just turns around calmly and lopes away. So both of them thinking, oh shit, we need to finish the job or this thing's going to literally kill every animal that we have. Go after it. Yep. So each of them have their gun. They're going to go get it. They track the, the, like they follow the tracks for like a mile in and then they just suddenly end. There's nowhere for this animal to have gone and the tracks just suddenly end on the ground. No idea. It just vanished into thin air. I hate this. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah. this so much. <laughs> so after that incident, the family started noticing strange balls of light hovering around the sky, and they started to hear voices that would come from directly above their heads. Like while they were walking, middle of the day, night didn't matter, anytime. Like outside? Yes. From the sky? Yes. It sounded like it was coming from 10 or 15 feet above them, but directly above them. What, like, do you have any examples of what it was saying? They couldn't understand the language. Oh, that's nice. Cool. They could tell it was talking about them, but they didn't know it was what it was saying. So at, that's cool. And at no point they thought that they should probably leave. Well, I mean, hey, they tied all their money up in this bitch. Ah, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in addition to that, uh, they began to see faces staring at them from outside their windows looking in. Um... They would get, like, they would be looking in a mirror, and, like, from the upper corner of the mirror, they would see a face looking at them, but when they would look at it, it would be gone. They started getting shadow apparitions standing at the foot of their bed watching them sleep. And then every member of the family started to suffer from terrifying nightmares. So intense they couldn't sleep well, because every time they would try, they would get a nightmare. Objects in the house started to disappear and then reappear somewhere somewhere else. So not only do they have a creature that could potentially be a skinwalker in that wolf around, they also have poltergeist activity inside their house. And they also have alien bullshit happening outside of their house. With the crazy balls of light, yeah. Oh yeah, they're having the trifecta fun fest up in here. They're having the greatest time of their life. <laughs> oh, So one day, Gwen, she'd gone to the store, she'd brought the grocery ends for, groceries in from the car, like unpacked them from all the bags, sat them out on the counter. She got distracted, kind of turned around to like deal with something else. When she turned back around to the counter, all of the groceries were repacked in the bags as if she had never touched them. Asshole. Yeah, that's just rude, right? So the family started to smell that strong, musty smell, almost like wet dog or mold. Not a good smell. Not good. Yeah. So here is where we're going to get into some gross bits. Gross things, yes. What page are we on? Uh, three. Jesus, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on three. So here's where we get into some of the gross stuff. If you can't handle, like, descriptions of gross things, please skip forward a little bit. Um, so soon after the smells began, the family began to find that their prized cattle, like, just dead in the fields. Mutilated beyond belief, Right. So some of them had their genital areas mutilated. Uh, Others had their eyes completely removed. Not like ripped out, surgically removed is what it looked like. Precision. Yes, there was precision involved. It wasn't a haphazard kind of thing. It was very precise. 
After that, cattle began to disappear at an alarming rate. So in the two years that they lived on this farm, 20% of their herd died off or went missing. And that is excessive compared to the 1% every other rancher in the area had. 1% a year versus 20% in two years. Like that's, that is excessive. So one of the cows that they found that had been mutilated, Terry's son had seen alive five minutes before its death. Bro. So it's not like it's happening overnight. It's happening at night. It's happening during the day. Like you can see a cow and then turn around and come back and it's dead. They didn't do anything to deserve it. No, they didn't because they're just sweet, sweet cowboys. They're just sweet little cows. Cow ladies. Cow ladies. <laughs> And the really, like, fucked up thing about the cow mutilations is it wasn't, like, there was no trace of blood on the cow or around the cow. So it wasn't like, mm, yeah, like, like, there was just no blood traces for somebody to have done something like that, right? Right, right. Um, there was no chemical odor around the cows, and there were no footprints, there were no evidence of predators, there were no tire tracks, so it's not like somebody, like, rode up on this cow and did it and then rode away. Like, like a drive-by, yeah. Right. A, a cow-by, if you will. Yeah. Mm. Wait, at any point, did mm. they ever get law enforcement involved? No. I mean, fair. Not that, not that I've read. Okay. Um, I did see there was a, a time that Terry asked his neighbors, like, hey, have you seen any weird shit around here? And the neighbor was like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. hundred percent. He was like, dude, because uh, he was in his 50s and had lived there since he was a kid. And he was like, yeah, you can't tell people because they're going to think you're crazy. But you're not crazy because if you're crazy, I'm crazy. And I see that shit all the time. So that's kind of gross. That's I don't like it. Yeah. So some of the cattle would just completely disappear. Like, they wouldn't find them dead. They would just be gone. So, like, there there was one instance where, you know, a 1,500-pound cow walking across a snow-covered landscape, like, the tracks would just stop in the middle of the field. There was nowhere that she could have gone. There were no tower tracks anywhere. So it's not like she got in a trailer. Like, just gone. That was it. Awesome. Um. Upon further inspection, the family did find that the ground around those areas, um, if they were near trees, the tops of the trees would be broken or cut, and there would be, like, branches and twigs and stuff, like, around the ground. Invisible aircraft. Uh, Yeah, that's a little weird, right? Yeah. At nighttime, the lights would appear out of the sky. And they would light up the pastures to daylight conditions. They were so bright, or in so many. Sometimes the family would hear sounds of heavy machinery, but it would sound like it came up from the ground itself. So that's kind of gross, right? I don't like that very much. What is going the fuck on? Mm-hmm. The family would also see animals that had no reason to be in that area. I'm talking like tropical birds. Like parrots, very brightly, vividly colored. They would also see tall, dark, bipedal creatures that they would describe as possibly a Bigfoot. Their dogs became so fearful of all the activity that was going on that whenever it would start to kick up, they would cower in their houses and not even come out to eat or drink until things had calmed down. Oof. This is a little sad. Um, the cats, the outdoor cats, because, you know, you have, like, barn cats and stuff, mm. they would start to disappear. And one night, 
six of their cats disappeared in a single evening. Another night, one of the dogs started to chase the weird orbs of light that would, like, hang around. Okay. Um, Terry, sick of everything, encouraged the three... They had three dogs. Um, he encouraged the dogs to chase the orbs of light. Um, the light and the dogs quickly disappeared into the darkness. And here's another rough warning here. Uh, skip forward if you can't handle gore. No, um, no, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, moments later, he could hear the dogs yelping and crying out. Um, and of course, the family hunted through the darkness to try and find the dogs until the noise stopped. They couldn't find them. And then the next morning, they went out and hunted again, and they discovered three scorched circles on the ground with, quote, gooey lumps of liquidified flesh in the centers. Something had killed his dogs. So this is cool, right? This is gross. This is getting mm-hmm. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, we just hit page four. <laughs> so life on the ranch was not what the family wanted. Uh, the financial loss from the missing cattle and had, like, nearly bankrupted them. Like, things were not going well. The children's grades dropped, and sleeping was becoming a real issue for the entire family as a result of the constant paranormal activity and nightmares. Yeah. So... Toward the end of that, yeah, seriously. So, like, toward the end of that two-year period, the entire family was sleeping in one room because they thought, you know, safety in numbers. So, Terry ended up sharing their story with a journalist at a Salt Lake City newspaper. They were approached by an unusual buyer. So, they had decided... They were, like, working towards deciding they're going to sell this place. They ended up speaking to a newspaper about it because they were like, this this is just too much. Like, somebody has to know something about, like, how to deal with this. So 1996 rolls around. Hotel entrepreneur Robert Bigelow paid the Shermans $200,000 for the ranch and turned it into a research facility to study what was happening there, founding NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science, to formalize the project. So he paid them a lot of money um, so that he could pay more money and set up an intense research facility on the property. Wow. So over time, he hired psychologists, engineers, physicists, biologists, all to aid in his research. He locked down the ranch, hiring former military security guards to keep, the, like, everybody the fuck out. Um, he even established a science advisory board and brought in state-of-the-art equipment. He was serious. That guy w- took it very seriously. Damn. Mm-hmm. So one of the ex-military men he hired included none other than retired U.S. Army intelligence colonel John Alexander, who was also involved in the Gateway experience. Fun fact. No way. Mm -hmm. We're covering that in the Patreon episodes. Yeah, we are. And I thought it was really interesting that he was involved here, too, because Mm. he added this to his resume as well. Eh. Interesting. I mean, that's a pretty impressive resume up to this point. Seriously. So, during the early days of the ranch, um, the NIDS team consisted of just a veterinarian, a a physicist, and a biochemist. They also hired Terry on to continue to take care of the animals on the property. So, Terry Sherman, even though he didn't live there anymore, was still responsible for going there every day to feed the animals, make sure they were doing well, and check on them. So, so, so Bigelow bought... Mm -hmm. The cows mm-hmm. to yeah, keep everything. As, 
just kept everything as it was to hope uh-huh. that the instances would continue on. Yep. He Great. placed the cows there as bait. That was ah. his whole purpose. Because ah. he wanted stuff to keep happening so they could record it. Cool. So the Shermans, with their $200,000, uh, moved to another ranch 25 miles away, and Terry agreed to stay on as the ranch manager at the Skinwalker Ranch. So, teams started to investigate the ranch in pairs. So they would walk across the property at, like, set times in pairs. So if something happened, there were two of them there to corroborate the story. Another guy that I don't know if you'll recognize, but he's, like, well-known in paranormal uh, UFO stories, like, circles is george knapp so he's a respected journalist known for his work on other ufo stories he actually joined the team at this point so soon after he was on the ranch he had his first experience with the light orbs so two groups of people were stationed at different areas on the ranch to watch for activity as knapp's group watched and waited for something to happen they saw a bright yellow orb shoot out from behind the ridge it moved silently, but as quickly as a jet, is how he described it. Whoa. To their amazement, it shot out, made a perfect 360-degree loop, and then shot back behind the ridge. So what's behind the ridge? I don't know. What's in the box? Ridge stuff. What's in the box? Ooh. So now we move on to a year later, January of 1977. This is where things took a sharp escalation. Well, that's a say. Sharp. Did it take a year for them to see shit happen or? Oh, no, no, no. That was just like your regular level of activity. Like things were happening still at the at the ranch, but it like in January, it rocketed. Okay. okay so right, like right. normal level what the Shermans were experiencing and now it's going bananas. <laughs> normal level? How the fuck did it get worse? <laughs> Terry called with more cattle mu- mu- uh, mutilations. So... Right first out of the gate, January. Shit's bad. So in the midst of a snowstorm with temperatures as low as minus 30, he found three calves with odd wounds on their eyes and ears. So here's here's another gross bit. Not as bad as what's to come, but this is a gross bit. Two, excuse me, two of the three dead calves had perfectly circular spots cut out of their eyelids. Why? Their eyes were fine. It was just their eyelids. But they're also dead, correct? Yes. All okay. three of these animals are dead. Yeah. So two had weird eye, like eyelid circles. The third, its ears had been shredded as if with scissors. Like ribbons. Why? I don't know. God. I have no answer. It's pretty gross. So the vet that was on hand in case something happened to corroborate what actually happened to the animals uh, inspected them and thought it was really weird because, number one, no predator could do that. But number two, no predator would hunt in negative 30. Right. Those kind of weather conditions, they don't hunt. They, they like, hunker down. Mm. And, of course, there were no tracks leading to or from the animals. So another calf was mutilated a month later and this one's really bad so if the other stuff grossed you out definitely skip this one because it's rough the 85 pound calf was found splayed out um almost like it like four legs four different directions right like like Um, anatomy style yes yes yeah okay 
Almost spread eagle. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. Um, one of its legs had been yanked from its socket and pulled away from the body. Um, all of its organs were missing, and the body was completely drained of blood. Completely. Um, that being said, there was no blood on the animal itself or on the ground. Ugh. After the vet examined it, she noticed that one of the calf's ears, um, excuse me, one of the calf's eyes had been removed as if surgically, like perfectly well done. Um, and then it had, one of its ears had been completely separated and taken. And that was the ear that had the yellow tag, like the identification tag that they have, right? Y- yeah. They searched the entire property for that tag and never found it. So this is when they started wondering if whatever was doing this started taking souvenirs. Ha 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 ha. What is, what is, what, why aliens mm-hmm. have a sub, a, cows? Why? I don't know. I think this is where that story really came from. Is That's a theory. That's not like a for sure. But uh-huh. that's, that's, that's my theory. Because this, this one's like a lot of cows, a lot of cows. So or- later that same evening... They were alerted to something being wrong by the dogs barking and howling. Um, They looked around. It was night. They couldn't see anything uh, close by. So they got in the farm truck and actually used the spotlight to kind of look around. Uh, They came upon a clump of trees where one singular cow was hunkered down underneath. And that is actually a sign that when one cow is away from the herd that they are in distress. So they get out of the, the truck, they walk over to her, they're like, what, what the hell is wrong with you, lady? Get up. Um, and then as they're looking around, they catch the glow of eyes above her in the tree. So assuming that it's probably just like a large predator cat, uh, they shoot at it because that's what you do when you want it to like go away, right? Right. The second the shot rang out, the eyes disappeared. They searched the area for the body of the animal didn't find it so then they were like oh maybe it got away so they start looking for footprints they find one one um but it didn't look like a cat print it looked like a giant bird of prey the footprint itself was six inches in diameter and it had two sharp claw marks protruding from the rear which indicates a bird of prey right startled they scoured the area and found another single print 20 feet away from the first, which means this thing's step range is 20 feet. So that's gross. Oh. That's gross. Or or it's like gliding and it's potentially. just taking, taking an occasional... Potentially. Potential. Potential. Potentially. <laughs> so by the depth of the print in the snow, the animal had to be very large and very heavy, unlike anything they had seen before. Yeah, because like... To make a print and see it in the snow, or in, mm-hmm. in the ground, snow, whatever, mm-hmm. means it had to be heavy enough. Because birds aren't heavy. Birds are not heavy. No, no. And remember, its footprint was six inches wide, or six inches circle. So, that's a that's a pretty big bird. Because that's yeah. like the size of my hand, five, right. six inches. Yeah. So, that's very large. So, a few days after that, um, there were four bulls in a pen that disappeared during the middle of the day. So Terry was literally feeding them, turned around, walked away for 10 minutes, comes back, and they're gone. Like, 10 minutes he saw them. Like, where the hell are they? So bulls are not easy to move because they're bulls and they're, they're dicks. massive, and they are yes. spicy. Yeah, very angry. 
So they looked literally everywhere for these bulls, could not find them. And then Terry, as like a last ditch resort, just because, you know, once you like lose something, you start looking in weird places. Like, you know, you did I put my car keys in the freezer? Um, uh. He checks a small cattle trailer that was nearby to their pen and was shocked to find our f- all four bulls tightly loaded in. Like they were cram packed like sardines in that bitch. The trailer itself was still locked and the lock was surrounded, like the whole apparatus was surrounded by a bunch of wire tightly wrapped around it. Thick cobwebs had not been disturbed on the edges of the doorways. So whatever had, however they got in there, it was not through the door. Because the cobwebs wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as they opened the door, like, to let the bulls out, they started freaking out. Like, it was almost like they were in some sort of a trance to keep them calm. Because at this point, they started freaking out, like, banging up against the side, kicking each other, trying to get out as quickly as they could. Typical bull behavior. Right. Ugh. So after they returned the bulls to their pen, um, they discovered, you know, they got out their equipment and started, like, testing everything and seeing, like, what was different, what was going on. Um, And they discovered really high levels of magnetization on the corral and on the trailer, particularly where they butted up against each other was, like, the highest numbers. So they continued to monitor those levels for 48 hours until they steadily reached zero so that it stayed magnetized yeah, for a magnetized. long time that means that yes. had like super 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 magnets yeah gross super gross so the, so they continue to observe other metals being magnetized around the the property for the next few days so every time this happened the animals around it would react really negatively, almost as if they could see something that the humans couldn't. Deciding, you know, hey, maybe we should use this to our advantage, they set up uh, dogs around their perimeter in, like, specially placed little kennels. So they had, like, little pens with, like, two or three dogs in them at a time, and then they made uh, observation platforms to where they could, like, see what was going on where the animals were, right? The padlocks on those pens started to just disappear, So they would, you know, lock the animals in, but the padlocks would just go away and then the gates would just open by themselves so the dogs could get out and run off. During this time, Terry started to see seven foot tall shadow men standing next to the barn just outside of easy sight. He also started seeing more UFOs and one the size of a football field above the property. And then he started to find crop circles in the fields. So members of the team started to hear voices very similar to how the Sherman family started to hear voices. And they always knew, even though they couldn't understand that language, that they were talking about them every time. They just like intrinsically knew we're being talked about. I hate this so much. <laughs> it's like one we're of the about worst. to hit page six. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is great. So the strange lights continued. To affect the ranch, right? They would appear out of nowhere, radiating with, like, this intense glow and possessing a sort of, like, responsive intelligence, almost. So, like, if you went toward it, it would back up. If you walked away from it, it would follow you. Um, They also started to chase the cattle around. um, And you would know that that particular cow is being, like, chased by the light 
more than the others, that cow's gonna die. And then the next day, the cow would be either gone or mutilated. Uh. So they could predict with the lights, like, what was gonna happen. Ugh. If anybody got, like, too close in, like, a threatening way to the lights, they would, like, very quickly approach you. Like, that kind of thing where, like, it's getting up in your face to make you go away. Right. Um, to people, which is uh. not good, right? Not fun. So by August of that same year, 1970, 1997, excuse me, the lights became even stranger. So several would appear at a time and they would zip around the fields. Um, the researchers had actually placed cameras strategically around the property to try and catch the lights, but somehow they would avoid the cameras every time they every would avoid time. the cameras. Mm -hmm. So one night while the NIDS team was observing the ranch from atop of a bluff, so they're like up on the top of the, the little deal, right? Like looking mm -hmm. down, watching the ranch, like seeing everything, trying to find the lights, like record the lights, whatever. One of the researchers, or well, the, all of the researchers see a yellow light appear like 150 feet away from them. One of the researchers grabs a pair of binoculars, like you do, and points it towards the light. As he's watching, the light grows like bigger into what looks like a tunnel. The researchers all start to sweat profusely and feel like a pressure on their chest, like they're having trouble breathing. As they watch, a large, black, faceless humanoid form lumbers out of this tunnel and wanders away into the darkness. The light starts to recede and gets smaller and smaller until it's completely gone. They all feel normal again, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck just happened when they realize... Whatever just came out of that tunnel is in the darkness with us. So for the next few days, they searched for footprints from whatever the fuck that was, didn't find them, didn't find the creature, couldn't find anything to do with it. But they knew what they saw. And this was multiple people saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all together. So that, that's cool. That's fun. Right? I probably that, that's fancy. I think that would have been it for me. I think that mm -hmm. would have been just like, no, no, I'm, I'm done. done. No, I'm done. thank you. I'm Jesus, good. what the fuck? Uh-huh. So this activity continued until 1999. They would see orbs. They couldn't fully get them on camera. And the researchers actually started to find their cameras were dismantled or completely missing. So there was one story that I didn't actually put in my notes, but I'm going to tell you because I think it's great. Um, they had three cameras that were like each pointed each at each other, right? So like camera A would be pointing at camera B, camera B would be pointing at camera C, C would be toward A. So they could see what the fuck is happening to our cameras. Each one would take pictures um, a second apart, right? Like shutter right. speed. So camera B records camera C... One second, everything is fine. And these, these things are, like, duct taped uh, to their tripods. Um, and, the, like, the cameras are duct taped closed. So nothing can, like, pull them apart and pull all the wires out because that's what happens to a lot of the cameras. Well, one second, everything is fine. And then all of a sudden, camera C, all the duct tape has completely disappeared, not there. And all of the wires are ripped out of the camera. Less than a second, and this thing is just fucked. I have no idea why. So that's kind of cool. Oh, right? Yeah, cool. That's the word I would use to describe uh -huh, that. Yeah. What? That's kind of gross. So that shit would happen all the time. And like they would still see all of the same stuff. They just couldn't catch any of it on camera. So obviously it didn't want to be recorded. Ha ha ha. So 
Terry and Gwen, um, you know, the original Sherman owners, um, Terry was still working there. Gwen went with him one day. Uh, they were leaving the ranch to go back to their house, their ranch. When they see something like dart across the field towards the horses in one of the fields. So thinking it's a dog, Terry's like, like he stops the car and he's like, no, I'm not going to let this dog kill my horse or the horse, whatever. So he runs over to it only to realize the dog is not a dog. It was actually a, what he described as a strange hyena looking creature. Um, it was low to the ground, heavily muscled, like that 200 pounds, um, curly red fur and a bushy tail. It sees him coming, backs up off the horse runs up the slope, like up above him, turns and looks at him and then just disappears into thin air. He turns around to go check on the horse and it is clawed the fuck up. So that's Woo! cool. That's cool, right? That's fun. Ugh. Ah, so now we're going to talk about other people. Um, so this, this, this guy's gentleman, this, this gentleman's name, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a, I've talked a lot. Uh, he's a UFO enthusiast. His name is Ryan Skinner. Um, he was traveling with his fiance from Wisconsin to Las Vegas. So they, you know, were planning to get married when they get to Vegas. Cause you know, like that's what people do, right? As they're driving down this road in Utah, he ends up like turning the wheel over to his fiance because he's tired, you know? night driving makes sense so he goes to sleep in the passenger seat uh he's napping and his fiance wakes him up by screaming what is that he jolts awake he sees a red light reflecting off of the jeep's rear view and he thinks it's like a weird street light until he realizes it's coming from something overhead of the car like off the ground not a vehicle or a street light oh it almost, what he describes, looks as a, a red sparkler suspended in air. So it's one of those balls of light that oh. we have been talking about. Great. So his fiance pulls the vehicle over. He jumps out of the car to get a closer look because, I mean, he's a UFO enthusiast. This is like, oh. this is his shit, oh, right? Like, yeah. this is what he wants to do. Jesus. <sighs> he stares into the light completely mesmerized. Like, that's all he's focusing on. He is just so intent on this fucking light until he's drawn out of this hypnotic gaze by his fiance screaming his name. He turns around to see her. Um, only behind her are three hazy figures walking toward them that are very obviously inhuman. Fight or flight kicked in and he's like, get in the fucking car. So they get in the car, drive off, still being followed by that red orb. They're they fucked. made it to the next rest stop on the way. Pull into the rest stop. There's like semis and cars and they're just laying on the fucking horn waiting for somebody to get out of their car and help them. Nobody does. Everybody stays in their car. Nobody does anything. So they're looking around, freaking the fuck out. The light, almost as if it's bored of them, goes away. Interesting, right? No, that's not how I would describe <laughs> that at all. But Okay. So, you know, they're they're continuing to freak out as you would in this scenario. Um, too wired to sleep. They decide to just keep on driving, see if they can get out of Utah and just keep on going. Yeah. <sighs> the red light returns a couple of miles down the road. Oh, balls. <sighs> Ryan, being the researcher that he is, fought his sense of fear down decided that he was going to start documenting. So he gets some footage of the red ball of light chasing them down the highway. Um, 
until it finally just disappears from from behind the car. So he turns back around and realizes it didn't disappear. It's on his side of the car now, keeping pace with them. So he rolls his window down like a fucking genius um, and like looks at it to try and get like a closer look at what it is, right? He realizes as he's staring into this red ball of light, it's mutating and changing into an alien face. So there's a face in this ball of light now. Uh, as he's watching it, it comes closer to him on his, on, like to the vehicle. Uh, and he sees the face and he can see what it's wearing. And he can tell it's obviously not a person. It's an alien. Like there is something, like something is alien about this creature. <sighs> so Ryan fumbles with his camera and trying to get that bitch up. And when he finally gets it in his hand, it will not turn on. The battery is completely dead. Fuck. Eventually, yep. Eventually, the light leaves for good, and it leaves Ryan with more questions than he's ever had in his life. After doing some Googling, he discovers that he was only a mile away from Skinwalker Ranch when this happened. So that's cool. So you said, though, that he got footage. Mm-hmm. I can of- show it to you. Y- yeah. Yeah, I got you. I is, I have so many things to show you. So many things. It, is it linked in your notes? No, it's not. I'll have to send it to you directly because I was just trying to like beat my head against the wall and get these out because there's so many. Yeah. Woo, almost sneezed. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So now Ryan visits Skinwalker Ranch often trying to document and explain what happened to him. Uh, he's also experienced the giant wolf as well as voices hearing the voices he's also felt um like a telepathic connection to something and in and even like images being implanted into his mind so he uh he goes there a lot does does he does he talk to the team there we're gonna get there okay so he's actually written a book on his experience titled skinwalker ranch no trespassing he has a second book on skinwalker ranch as well that i didn't get the title of but i have his uh, website linked in my notes so you'll be able to go there and find that He's also done interviews with people like Joe Rogan, which is really funny to me, um, okay. for Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan Questions Everything television show on sci-fi. Oh, so, like, okay, they okay. go to Skinwalker Ranch together. It's really funny to me. I can show that to you, too. All right. So, NIDS, right, itself was quoted saying that the lights and activity itself is not consistent with military aircraft patterns. So having had ex-military, they're like, that. that's not what a military plane looks like. There is nothing in the Air Force that would do that. And even then, our ex-military guys know people in the military and can confirm there were no test flights. There was nothing happening this night when this light happened. Fabulous. Right. So that's fun. So the purpose of NIDS as a whole was to research and advance the study of various fringe sciences and paranormal topics such as UFOs and cattle mutilations. So even with their apparent success, NIDS was shut down in 2004. Ah. That organization was quickly replaced by Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BASS, <sighs> which is uh, far more secretive and was working towards a government sponsor. So, all of Bigelow, like, in 2004, when they got shut down, all of Bigelow's research is, is locked away. Nobody has access to it. He's not sharing it with anybody. Nothing. 
He says, now, there was no evidence to support paranormal activity. This is a particularly odd considering, like, like that statement is really odd considering a couple of years prior, he said in an interview with Wired magazine, I have an enormous amount of data from different sources that give me some pretty strong convictions about the authenticity of the existence of phenomena such as UFOs. Why did he change? Who got told, to him? What happened? He, he, he was told to shut the fuck up. Correct. That's my conspiracy anyway, and a lot of other people's conspiracy. So, in 2007, so this is after Bass has been created. In 2007. <sighs> All right, where am I at? In 2007, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, was a secret investigatory effort funded by the U.S. Defense Department to study unidentified flying objects primarily on Skinwalker Ranch. So TIPS funded Bass is what happened. So the Bigelow Aerospace Delio, the second organization that Bigelow created on Skinwalker Ranch, became a government-funded program through ATIP. So the government did get involved. Yes. Yes, they did. So in the next, like the next several years, 2.2, or excuse me, $22 million was spent on that program. Whoa. Which investigated reports of UFOs and was run by military intelligence official that works for the Pentagon. So the program was largely funded at the request of Senator Harry Reid, the Nevada Democrat who was the Senate majority leader at the time and longtime friend of Robert Bigelow. Ah, Interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was all under wraps. Nobody knew about it until 2017. So in 2017, the DOD, uh, like there was a a uh, Department of Defense, excuse me, uh, official who confirmed that the government funded program was shut down in 2012. He never said, oh, yeah, we funded that. But he did say, yeah, it was shut down. Mm. Because that's Mm -hmm. how you acknowledge its existence without getting fucked. So so. (laughs) Senator Harry Reid admitted to being part of it. Like, just flat out was like, yep, uh-huh, I did. That's true. So oh. today... Yeah. Oh. Right. So today, parts of that study remain classified, of course, but I was able to find some information Ooh. that has been declassified. <laughs> so ATIP, through a contract awarded to Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, which is BASS, generated... 494-page report that documents alleged worldwide UFO sightings over several decades. So this quote-unquote 10-month report has not been released to the public, but focuses on reports, plans, and extensive analysis of unexplained aerial phenomenon. According to one former Bass contractor, the Bass report was only a sample of the materials provided to the Defense Intelligence Agency as monthly reports were sent to the Pentagon in addition to annual program updates that were all about UAP or anomalous phenomenon. So they would send monthly reports just to the Pentagon about, hey, this is the stuff that we found out. Isn't that cool? And that shit's classified. Mm-hmm. So the program was funded and published, or the program funded and published 38 studies, which I really want to see. Uh, those theoretical <laughs> studies cover a range of advanced exotic and theoretical aerospace topics 
all the way from detection and high-resolution trafficking of vehicles at hypersponic velocities is one Hi- paper. Hyper- hypersponic. Hi- fuck off. Hypersonic. Oh, hypersonic. <laughs> oh, I thought you were being... Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just can't talk. Hyper Hypersonic. Okay, okay. Yeah, hypersonic velocities. My personal favorite. Uh, warp drive, dark energy, and the manipulation of extra dimensions is another paper. I mean, yeah, when you see a motherfucker walk out of a ball of light. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yep. So, any and everything in between, too. So, some of what was involved in this project was actually the information that was released in January of 2019 with the Freedom of Information Act. Do you, do you remember anything to do with that? No? That's okay. I'll tell it's you. Where, it's where, like, after some odd years, classified stuff has to be declassified for the public, correct? Yes. That right. was when the U.S. government admitted that UFOs are real. Yeah, that's when, Is like, what the that whole... Was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's actually when the Gateway Experience paper came out. Weirdly enough, interesting. Yep. Mm. So among that information that was all released with the Freedom of Information Act, the, um, several short videos of military jets encountering something they couldn't identify was released. Um, the release of those videos were part of a campaign by the guy that, like, the Pentagon guy that did this project, like Tips, like him, or a tip, excuse me. That's him. That's Just the guy tip. that was like, yeah. Ugh. So he's now working for To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, who said that he wanted to shed light on the program. So that was part of his push to, like, get what his research was out. Okay. The Navy confirmed the authenticity of all those videos showing pilots who were like, that's a fucking UFO. I don't know what that is. What is it? Like, those videos are real via the Navy. Susan Goh, who was a Pentagon spokeswoman, confirmed that all three of those videos were made by naval aviators and that they are, quote, part of a larger issue of the increased number of training range incursions by unidentified aerial phenomenon in recent years. Yep. So shit like that happens a lot, which is not okay. Yeah. So... Ah, no, I want to cover that in a minute. Okay. So, Bass, right? We're, we're going back a little bit. So, Bass. Bass was officially shut down in 2012 when the DOD did not renew its contract. So, they were like, all right, tip, a little expensive. We don't want to spend the money on it again. So, the guy at the Pentagon, his explanation for why they were shutting it down was that the public might learn of the program and see it as a misappropriation of taxpayer funds. That's why. That's it? That's it. That's his reason. That, that of all the things that mm-hmm. the taxpayer's money could be going towards, right. that might be a rip- misrepresentation. That's Motherfucker, the one. tell me. I want to know about aliens. <sighs> so, there we are. Alien skinwalkers, all the things. So, moving to 2016. After it was shut down in 2012, in 2016, the ranch was sold to for the rumored amount of $4.5 million to Adamantium Holdings, who replaced Bigelow's security team with their own. Who is Adamantium Holdings? That's a, uh, a real estate guy business. It's a real estate business. Nobody knew who he was until last year. Nobody knew who owned the property. Absolutely, like, just... They were like, oh, th- this thing. It was. It's just Adamantium Holdings owns it. Nobody knew who owned Adamantium Holdings. Oh. <sighs> so that same year, 
the Hicken Ro- Ranch Road, which bisected the Skinwalker Ranch into two separate parts. It was illegally gated. So the new owner of Skinwalker Ranch put a gate up illegally so that people could not go down that public road. Later that year, a representative of the ranch owner showed up to the county for a road vacation. And they said, hey, due to rampant trespassing, we don't like the owners decided to make that road private. You know, so the county agreed. They were like, yeah, that's fine. You can have a private road. That's cool. No big deal. Yep. So that's kind of fun. There is no access to the property today, and there are armed guards that will keep you the fuck out. There's a big gate with a lot of warning signs that say not to enter or enter at your own risk. Um, all sorts of fun stuff, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's well protected. In 2018, Adamantium Real Estate LLC was issued a trademark for the name Skinwalker Ranch. So it's trademarked. Yep. Then the owner of Adamantium Real Estate and Skinwalker Ranch is a man named Brandon Fugel. We finally figured out who he was because he filmed a television show about Skinwalker Ranch that released February of 2021. And it's available on Hulu. Fun Why aren't we watching it? Uh, because I had to tell you about it first. Okay, cool. We need to have a watch party and watch it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... I, I do have to let you know, just, just for funds for me. So the successor program to ATIP that, you know, was working with Bass, right? Right. In June of 2020, okay. an existing similar program to ATIP was acknowledged. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force is what it's called. Okay. The unclassified but previously unacknowledged program was made public by a June 2020 hearing of the United States Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. That program was confirmed in July 2020 as a direct successor to ATIP. Direct successor. So that means the government is still funding research at the ranch. Yes, or research into those phenomena. Yeah. So. Woo! Yes. So it's been briefed, um, or it's uh, there's been a briefing uh, of congressional committees and aerospace employees. Reed stated that in reference to the successor program, that it is, quote, extremely important and information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. It's very important for the public to know. So here we go. There is Skinwalker Ranch. There's a lot. What do you think? There's a lot to unpack here. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um. First question. What the f- <laughs> yes. What the fuck? Second question. What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Um. Third question. Mm-hmm. Also, what the fuck? Because that's I, fair. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't. I thought it was just a cryptid. Um. No. Uh, a lot of people think. The reason everything seems to happen there is because the land itself was cursed. Um, cursed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that sounds like a fucking curse to me. Right. Because it's not just one thing. It's There's research into dimensional doors that take place there. There's research into UFOs. There's research like literally anything and everything. And a lot of people think that the voices that you can hear like 10 or 15 feet above your head is either aliens using cloaking devices 
or it is opening into another dimension where they can see you, but you can't see them. So there's literally so many different options for things that are happening there. It's kind of ridiculous. But why that spot? Why that 500 acre land? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's right in the very center of um, a basin in that county. Um, I don't know if it's just the, the perfect location. I, I don't know what it is. Why it makes it so spooky. I don't know what it is. But it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. There, there's um, – oh, I meant to put this in my notes and I'll just tell you now. Uh, there's actually like if you're going toward – skinwalker ranch like down one of those roads that is now like private right you'll be pulled over uh police will pull you over and if they ask you what you're doing um and you tell them oh i was just going going to look i'm just curious or they like see paranormal equipment in your back seat they're going to tell like there was one instance where a police officer that that like pulled somebody over and was like hey you think you know what you're doing you don't know what you're doing these things know that you're hunting them and they're better hunters than you are. They're oh. going to get you. Don't do not like you think you know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. You you, you will lose. Don't do it. So that's cool. Yikes. Yeah, Yikes. that's cool. Yeah. So okay. yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Bye bye. All right. I'm done. See you later. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. That's not somewhere I want to fucking go. Absolutely not. No. Nope. Because I, I have seen I the pictures of what oh. have happened to oh, are the animals. Oh, are they in your notes? No, they're not in my notes. I couldn't look at them very long. So Oh, that's, mm. I mean that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, those those kind of fucked with me a little bit. Um so, good times. Um yeah, it's a it's a rough place. It's a rough place. You didn't put uh, any pictures in your notes. I actually didn't and it's still 9 pages. Damn. Yeah. But uh, it's it's uh it's probably my favorite place to talk about because there's so much all wrapped up into it. It's not just one thing or another. It's anything and everything. Um, I really want to get my hands on Bigelow's research because I want to know what happened and how it happened. And like I've heard rumors. I couldn't. I I didn't find anywhere that this was confirmed, so I didn't put it in my notes. Um, but I've heard rumors that the, the men that like the, the, the ex-military men, right. That would walk around at like, they would go in groups of two and they would have a dog with them. So if something fucked up happened, the dog would would respond before they got hurt. Um, so they would go around the property in shifts and after every night there was a psychologist, a biologist and a physicist. So the psychologist would talk to them to see what had happened, what they saw, how things were going. And the biologist would take their blood and run an immunology panel to see if anything had changed from the beginning of the day or the day prior to what had happened just then, like that day. So if they had encountered any kind of radiation or if, you know, they were psychologically affected by something or if they had run into anything that changed their molecular makeup, basically. Um, I didn't find any definitives on that, but I feel like that would be a legitimate thing because he did hire psychologists and biologists and all those other people. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. But that's uh that's fun and spooky and gross. And that's Skinwalker Ranch, my friend. That's that's a lot. That's a mm-hmm. that's a lot to unpack. 
Yes. Yep. Yeah, we'll be talking about that for a long time. Um, if anybody else has any thoughts, questions, concerns, please feel free to shoot me a message because I could talk about this shit all day. We do a part two if we get enough info. Yeah, I'm going to do some more research into the um, like A-Tip and its successor, and I'm going to buy a couple of the books and read those and see if there's any other stuff that I can find, um, watch all the TV shows, you know, all that stuff. So if there's enough, I'll do a part two. So, ooh. Yeah, we can watch the movie <laughs> together. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. As soon as Blake listens to this episode... He'll probably be like, "It's on the server, bitch!" And then we'll I'm just, ready. We'll all watch it together. Well, there's it's, it's it's a whole like TV series on Hulu, though. It's not just like yeah, uh, we'll just a bi- movie. Just binge it? No, no, no. It's a it's a movie. Mm. If you binge it. Oh, I see. All right, I got right, you. Yeah. Okay, so. that makes more sense. Yeah, perfect. Okay, Blake, yeah, you're good up. Stuff. Yeah. Let us which, know. Yeah. Tell me. Give me. Give me the things. Let's go. I'll I'll host <laughs> the watch party, and then we can. Perfect. It'd be good shit. I'm ready. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna close this up. Yeah, yeah. Probably I'm good go idea. Touch some grass. Yep, you might need to go touch something real. Yep, just go stand outside for a little bit. Hug your family. Well, <laughs> no, I don't have family nearby, so I'm gonna go hug a tree. <laughs> go touch my cat. That's probably um, a good idea. All come, of those. C- come back to reality. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's more than I thought was gonna happen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. Um. You're doing I'm great. So- I'm so, I'm so spooked right now. I know. I know. I told you it was going to get you. I told that's, you. That's That was a lot. That was a lot more. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um, if you want to check us out, <laughs> be sure to head on over to our website at hauntherabarelyknowher.com. If you want to suggest a topic like, like Ligma this. did uh, and then yeah. another one like this, uh, go for it, I guess. Oh. I'm not covering it. Um, cool. Um, also, if you have a story, be sure to email us your story so we can read it on our episodes. Yes, please. Gimme. Gimme. Um, also, hit us up on our social medias at... H-H-I-B-K-H podcast. Yep. I'm on Instagram. Zoe sometimes on Twitter. That's sometimes, yeah. Twitter's, Twitter's hard. Nobody's Twitter's on Twitter. not fun. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go. This has got me (laughs) fucked up. Okay. All right. Until next time. Haunt her. I barely know her. Or that big hyena wolf deal. What the fuck?